Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere, yeah they love me everywhere, I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway, pulled me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street, catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry, cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the St. Ambrose University Sports Show on KALA HD2 106.1 Schistel Speak Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Before diving into the sports talk for this week's episode, I must alert you that this is a pre-recorded episode from what would be yesterday, March 15th, due to spring break. With that, I may not have all the scores and updates for all the games like I normally do But if you want to check on those scores and updates from games that are currently going on, you can go to www.saubs.com. Again, that's www.saubs.com. That is our athletics website. That's where you can find all of the stores and stats and some athletics stories from around St. Ambrose University. It's a very helpful website. It's a website I use all the time to really get all of my stats correct from games that are both at home and on the road. But with that, you know, let's jump right into the first half of this week's episode. I'll be talking about cheer and dance, men's volleyball, and bowling in the first half. So let's get things started with the cheer and dance programs. It is an absolute treat to announce that both the SAU cheer and SAU dance teams were crowned NAIA national champions this past weekend. When it came to cheerleading this past Saturday, the Bees took first place with an average score of 94.45 points in their seven events. The next closest school to St. Ambrose was Xavier University out of Louisiana, who finished with an average score of 94.21 points. So for those who may not be you know, right away inside their head calculators. That is a .24 difference when it came to the average points. So a very narrow race between St. Ambrose and Xavier University in Louisiana. But the Bees do come out on top. It is their first time winning the national championship ever. The competitive cheer team can now say that they have officially placed first in all seven of their competitions this year, ending it off once again with the national championship. The dance team was also named national champions this past Saturday, finishing their seven events with an average score of 90.47 points. The next closest school was Grandview, also out of Iowa, with a score of 88.34 points, so that is a 2.13 point difference. The dance team took first place in six out of their seven competitions this year. In that one competition that they did not take first, they still came in podium with third place. Once again, congratulations to all of the coaches, dancers, cheerleaders, and more on two unbelievable seasons and national championships. Uh, One thing I learned earlier this week is the NAIA has only had national championships for cheer and dance in the past seven years. I want to say this is the dance team's third national championship. As I said a little bit earlier, it is the cheerleading team's first ever national championship, but it is the first time in all seven years of NAIA cheer and dance national championship history that the same school has won for both cheer and dance. So now that the cheer and dance teams have made history, 
it's on to the men's volleyball team. And since last week's episode, the men's volleyball team has played three games. Over the weekend, the Bees competed in the tri-matches from Dubuque, Iowa. In the first game on Saturday, the Bees fell 3-1 to to the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy. The Bees followed that performance later Saturday with a 3-2 loss to Clark from Iowa. Most recently, the Bees swept the Trojans of Trinity International 3-0 from Deerfield, Illinois. With that, the men's volleyball team now sits with an overall record of 6 wins and 18 losses and a conference record of 5 wins and 6 losses. Although this episode was recorded yesterday, the Bees will be playing at home tonight, March 16th, at 7 o'clock p.m. for senior night at Lee Loman Arena. Uh, obviously, the men's team not having the best season overall, but it would mean a lot to the players and the school if fans in the Quad Cities area wouldn't mind showing up and showing out for this men's volleyball team because, yes, they have lost a lot more games than they have won, but a lot of those games have been close. I was there for a couple of those losses when they were at home, and I can say that the energy was normally through the roof, and I think it would be a great opportunity. Uh, It is obviously family-friendly being a college affair, so I think that it would be a nice little event for everybody to go to if they have the time. After the home game on March 16th at Lee Loman Arena, the Bees will close out their regular season against Cardinal Stritch from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, next Tuesday, the 21st. Now, with that, the Bees can close out their regular season with back-to-back wins, and that would be huge for them come conference tournament time because I believe the Bees are still in a spot to where they can make the conference tournament. They probably need to win both of these upcoming matches, but... If they do make the conference tournament, the first round of the CCAC tournament would be held on March 28th. The second round, or the semifinals, would be held on March 31st, which is a Friday. And then the CCAC tournament championship would be held on March 1st. Obviously, with that, nobody really knows who the Bees would play, what time they would play, or where they would play. But good luck to the men's volleyball team as they try to close out their season with two wins. Unfortunately, I will already be on spring break for both of those, so I can't report on them right away, but I will be thinking about St. Ambrose sports, not only for men's volleyball, but really just all around the all around the different sports as they get set to close out their season and some sports still are in their early seasons. Now, the last sport I am going to talk about before closing out the first half of tonight's episode is bowling. Over the past weekend, the men's and women's bowling teams competed in the intercollegiate team qualifier this past Sunday. The B's men's team took second out of 20 teams competing. The women's team also bowled well, coming in sixth place out of 17 teams that competed in that. It appears the women's bowling season is now over, but the men's team still has some time left on their year. The Bees will be competing in the Intercollegiate Singles and Team Championships from Las Vegas, Nevada from the 18th to the 22nd of March. Good luck to the men's team as they try to close out their season. So now just a little bit more on each sport. Um, We'll start with bowling on this one. I'm not too familiar with bowling or many of the people on the bowling team, but I do know that both the men's and women's bowling teams had some pretty successful events in this season. I'm sure there are some that, you know, they wish they could have done better on, but 
I feel like it's pretty normal that a bowling team for both men's and women's could feel like they could have competed better in some of their events, but nevertheless, I think it is a good opportunity for them to build on this for next year as it seems like the program is in very good hands with the success that they've had this year and the success that they've had in past years. So again, just good luck to them in the men's in the men's singles and team championships from Nevada. Again, that is from the 18th through the 22nd, so they should have some good time to really kind of step up in the big time and really just perform well in the championships. For volleyball, it is not the best season that this team has ever had. However, they, like I said, they do have a chance to really close out on a strong note. Um, like I said, they were 6-18 and 18 so far this year. They ended their season 10-17 and 17 last year, so... You know, some would argue a little bit worse. Uh, obviously, um, record-wise, you would say that they're a little bit worse. However, I think that, you know, this men's volleyball team is in that opportunity to still really win at least a spot into the conference tournament. But it's definitely going to be a tricky road ahead for this men's volleyball team, and I'd really like to see them turn it around in the coming years because I think that men's volleyball in the collegiate level or the professional level it's just super fun to watch. A lot of those guys just, you know, they hit so hard when it comes to putting amount of pressure on the volleyball to where, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you get a few really good guys, you could have a really good season and a really good team, and that would just help with recruiting further and further on into the future. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if they can make the conference tournament. Obviously, like I said, they have those two games left on their schedule tonight against Judson. Again, I'm saying tonight as if it is Thursday. So tonight, March 16th at 7 o'clock p.m. against Judson for senior night. And then in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on the 21st at Colonel Stritch. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. And then just before closing out the first half of tonight's episode, cheer and dance. Again, just two national championships, making history, being the first school to win both cheer and dance in a single season. Um, It's unbelievable. So... I think that they're in good hands. Uh, I think this is going to help the cheer team really get propelled to the next level and maybe continue winning national championships. And then for the dance team, they've already had tastes of the national championship before. They get it again this year. So I think that they're going to continue to build. It does seem like the cheer and dance teams are probably the strongest teams that St. Ambrose has all around for both men's and women's sports. So it'll be very interesting to see where all three of these sports and all of these programs go from here into the following seasons. Um, and I do. I have a positive outlook on all all three of these sports, all of the programs. I, You know, really, there's five programs that I just talked about between men's and women's bowling, cheer and dance, and then men's volleyball. So, you know, a positive outlook, I think, is exactly what people need to have going forward in sports like this. But we'll have to wait and see until that actually happens so it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how they close it out. But for now, that's going to do it for the first half of Schistel Speak Sports. I'm Ryan Schistel. Coming up after this short halftime break, I'll be back to talk about the tennis programs, lacrosse for both the men's and women's teams, and then baseball and softball. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1 FM, your exclusive home for St. Ambrose Sports on the air. 
In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. Supplies are en route. Food is coming up in the convoy uh, about a mile and a half back. Roads are somewhat passable. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. Okay, we'll deploy the communications volunteers as soon as we get to the area. We're about 30 seconds out. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Copy number one. Message number one from Red Cross Evacuation Shelter. Can you hear us now? Antennas are up. Everything looks good. We are in communications with the Capitol. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. The Emergency Communications Center has been set up. We're on the air. Communication is good. Good job, fellas. This is W1AW, out. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. Hey, Jack, you got a sec? Jack, your hair's on fire. Yeah, I know. I, I just need to finish the sales report, and then I'll lie down for a bit. But shouldn't I... No, I'll be fine. You wouldn't ignore this, so why ignore the signs of a stroke? If you or someone you know suddenly has trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, call 911 right away, because time lost is brain lost. To find out more, visit www.strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE. This message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. My mom thinks chat rooms can be so dangerous. My mom, too. But what do moms know? Yeah, my mom thinks I'm going to meet up with some weirdo who's going to, like, molest me or something. Moms are so uncool. Yeah, we're like best friends already. We have so much in common. Sports, video games, lots of stuff. So why don't we meet up at the arcade? I'll bring lots of change. Cool. Let's meet at the food court and wear our baseball caps backwards so we recognize each other. I'm not telling my folks. Me neither. Meet me at noon. McGruff, the crime dog here. When your kids chat online, they have no idea who they're talking to. Warn them that predators surf the internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the internet. Tell them to get your permission before entering a chat room or giving out any information. Tell them to never meet anyone without taking you along. For more tips, visit McGruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. Yourself, my man, you'll never be what is in your heart. Weep, little lion, man, you're not as brave as you were. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm Ryan Schistel, live from the studios of KALA HD2 106.1 here on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of this week's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. In the first half of tonight's episode, I talked about cheer and dance, men's volleyball, and bowling. Now in the second half, it's tennis talk, lacrosse, baseball, and softball. Without further ado, it's tennis time. Neither tennis team has had 
any action since last week's episode of Schistel Speak Sports. As a reminder, the women's team, who has a record of 5-6, and six, has not kicked off play in the springtime. The men's team sits with an overall record of 6-4, and four, is 1-2 and two in the spring season, and is coming off a 6-1 to one victory against Simpson last Thursday at the QC Tennis Club. Both teams will be taking a spring break trip to South Carolina from the 19th to 21st for three matches apiece. And this tennis program for both the men's and women's team, uh, the women's team, obviously, like I said, have not actually competed in a long time. But out of the few people I know on the women's program for tennis, I've seen them out practicing a lot just based off of, you know, their Snapchat stories or other social media platforms where they they may post pictures of themselves practicing. So it's nice to see that, you know, they're at least putting in time both at practice and on their lonesome to make sure that they are getting better and better each and every day. And then for the men's team, one and two so far in the spring season. However, you know, those losses that they've had, one of which came to a Division One team in Illinois State, the other one was a hard-fought loss. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard for an NAIA team to be competing with a D1 school, never the never you know, the case. So I think it'll be interesting to see how these teams do down in South Carolina. Um, You know, humidity will probably come into effect. The difference in heat is it's still pretty cold in the Quad Cities area, at least most of the days. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But I I do have faith that both these teams are going to be able to close out the spring break trips strong, and then they're going to be able to really close out the rest of their seasons in a very strong way. I'll have more on the tennis programs after spring break when they get back from their trips. Now for lacrosse talk, the SAU men's lacrosse program had their first home game this weekend, with home games actually both on Friday and Saturday. In Friday's affair against Madonna, both teams were knotted up at 6.5 and 7 after the third quarter. However, three goals by the Bees and one by Madonna was enough for a 10-8 victory. Tyler Yetka led the team with four goals, followed by Isaiah Hahn with three. Michael Shakran, Matt Cordopassi, and Alex Tomaszewski each had one. In Saturday's contest, the Bees came away with an 18-9 victory against Midland. Seven Bees scored, four Bees had multi-goal games, and Cole Danner led scores with five goals. The men's team has home games this Friday and Saturday from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex against Columbia, a school out of Missouri, and Clark from Iowa. The women's lacrosse team has had their first attempts in action this past weekend since their first game of the year on February 24th. On Friday, it was an overtime thriller against Marion with the Bees coming out on top 13-12. In this game from Indianapolis, Indiana, the Bees were up 4-2 at the end of the first, and they were up 6-3 at the half. The Bees then led 9-7 after the third period, but then five goals by Marion and three by the Bees knotted things up at 12 apiece. Then, obviously, in overtime, it was the Bees who scored to move to 2-0 on the year. For the Bees, it was a very good game by a lot of members of this team, but especially Sarah Deal and Maddie Wiltrout, who each had three goals apiece. Annabelle Brown had two, and then Mackenzie Zions, Jaden Ambrose, Abigail Varkalis, Audrey Warner, and Claire Jeffers each had one goal apiece. Maggie Sampson was the starting goalie 
of the game for the Bees, and in her 53 minutes of work, she saved 13 of the 21 shots she faced. Sage Carlton then came into the game for the last eight minutes, giving up four goals and saving one on the five shots she faced. Now, when it was all said and done, it was Maddie Wiltrout who put in the goal in overtime with an assist from Sarah Deal that gave the Bees the narrow victory against Marion. The Bees then won on Saturday against Franklin College with not, not as narrow of a margin, 18-6. In this game from Franklin, Indiana, the Bees were up 6-2 after the first and 10-2 at the half. The Bees then added four more goals, and Franklin added two in the third to make it 14-4, and then the Bees scored four, and Franklin scored two once again in the fourth to make it that final score of 18-6. In the game for the Bees, the leading scorer on the day came by way of Maddie Wiltrout with five goals. Sarah Deal then had four goals, and it was Mackenzie Zions with three. Jaden Ambrose and Audrey Warner both had two goals apiece, and then Hannah Reynolds and Abby Varkalis each had one. The goalie of the game was Maggie Sampson, once again for the Bees, who is now 3-0 on the year. In her 20 minutes of play, she went two saves on four shots taken. Sage Carlton then came in to play the last 40 minutes, saving three of the seven shots she faced. So this woman's lacrosse team now moves to 3-0 on the year. Uh, a very good start, all things considered. And I think that this woman's lacrosse team has a lot of potential for the rest of their season. Obviously, it's very early for them, and it's a slow start. But I know later on in the season, they'll have four or five games a week to where they're really going to have to turn it on and make sure they're mentally and physically ready to play in such competitions like that. It's also very nice to see Abby Varkalis scoring in both games this past weekend. Um, I don't like singling people out, but Abby Varkalis is a member of KALA. She helps out quite a bit up here whenever she can. So it's always good to see one of your own kind of showing out as much as they can. And that's exactly what Abby's doing. So congrats to her and congrats to the rest of the team. Now the women's team turns their attention south as they travel to Florida over spring break. The Bees will have tough competition, including a contest with the current number one team in the nation, Kaiser, and the number eight team in the nation, Ave Maria, out of Florida. The men's team is currently receiving votes, and the women's team is unranked, but something tells me that that is bound to change. The Fighting Bees baseball team has played three of their five games since last week's episode. On Friday, it was a 7-3 victory against Siena Heights, and then again on Friday, it was an 11-2 victory at Warner, Florida. Both of those games were from Florida. Then on Saturday, it was a 7-5 loss at Warner Tech from Florida. So the Bees go 2-3 at the Warner Invitational from Florida. Not awful, not great. Um, You know, I bet they would have liked to at least go 3-2, just have a winning record down south. But nevertheless, they put up a lot of good fights. And in those two wins, you know, 7-3, 11-2, both blowout wins. The home opener doubleheader this past Tuesday from Modern Woodman Park against Olivet Nazarene has been postponed. Now the Bees will play at St. Francis this Friday, and then will have a home doubleheader against St. Francis Saturday from Modern Woodman for their official home opener for the Bees. The baseball team currently sits with a record of 5-15. and 15. 
The softball program has only played against Augustana College, located in Rock Island, Illinois, from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex this week. In Game 1, the Bees took a commanding victory, 13-2. As I said earlier, I'm pre-recording this episode due to spring break, and the Bees are currently trailing Augie in Game 2. But next week, I'll have more on these games as, you know, I'm not going to report on anything until each game is officially over. For now, the softball team has a record of 10-5, and but they are in trouble of losing that second game today. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. Um, this baseball team, now that they get to come home soon, I think they'll be able to turn it around, maybe add a few more wins and get back to at least 500, then into the winning record column. And then for the softball team, they've started out very hot, and I think it's a good chance for them to continue adding on with future games and future wins. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. Don't forget you can catch past episodes of this show on KALA's accounts with streaming services such as Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. With this upcoming week being spring break, there will be no episode next week on March 23rd. Instead, I'll be back here on KALA HD2 106.1 on March 30th for the next episode of this program. As always, I'm Ryan Schistel. Have a great rest of your week, and go Bees! Your station for St. Ambrose University Sports, KALA Davenport Quad Cities. It's empty in the valley of your heart. The sun, it rises slowly as you walk away from all the fear.